years. Every year we have a vision service, either at the end of the year or the beginning of the year. And this past year, um, this past vision, vision service we had on January 11th. And uh, some of you were there and some of you weren't there. And what we do there, what we do is we kind of share. I just kind of share what I believe God's put on my heart for our church as we move forward, you know. And um, one of the things throughout last year that the Lord kept putting on my heart is, is this passage in Isaiah, especially in October, right around October of 2014. The Lord began to just really point this passage out, and then we went to a conference, and Ed Silvoso talked about it. But it's a passage in Isaiah 60. And if you were at the vision service, other than the bacon, you kind of remember, hopefully you remember this. It's Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. <clears throat> the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nations, and the nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And what I shared with the church is that God is calling all of us, whether you've been here from the very beginning or you just started to come, that I just feel like the Lord is saying to all of us that this is a time to arise and shine, that, that God is calling our church to get up, to arise and shine and, uh, and to get ready for the time is now. And then what I did was I just shared what are the three things that God put on my heart when it comes to his call to arise and shine, you know? And then the first thing was God had called us to arise. God had called us all, has called us to arise. Now, this is a time to arise, you know? And it, it's, it's kind of like in the morning, you know, it's time to get up, you know? And that's what God is saying to us, it's time to get up. Especially if you're experiencing God's faithfulness, you're experiencing God's goodness, uh, you're experiencing His love, and life is really great right now, and you're comfortable, and you're satisfied, um, God is calling you and calling us. Says, you, know, you know what, guys? Don't settle. Don't stop now. You know, don't just stop here and settle in. But there's so much more that I want you to experience. There's so much more that I want you to accomplish. So you got to arise, you know, that the best is yet to come. And we talked about how God had called us and has called us as a church. Our, our, our main purpose as a church is to go out and make disciples, to go out and to share with people and love people into the kingdom of God. You know, we're not, we don't, we're not here to preach at them or guilt them in. We're here to love people in to the kingdom of God and to become followers of Christ, disciples who will go out and invite others to, to, to experience God's amazing love. And, and as God has called us to arise, and he's calling us to get up from where we are and move out and to take steps of faith. You see, when we arise, he said, you've got to take steps of faith to go out and love people to him. That, that, that God has called us to this amazing and this, this wonderful privilege, this awesome privilege that we have, that our lives have a purpose. That I think what God is saying to us is that your life and my life, we have a purpose. We have a significant purpose. It's an eternal purpose that will go on for all eternity. And and he's saying, guys, it's time to arise. And so I shared, church, it's time to arise. 
And the other thing is God has called us to shine. I, and I exhorted the church to say, guys, we gotta, we got to get up and we got to shine. That we we got to arise for a purpose, right? Not just to get up, but to get up to do something. God has called us to shine the light of Jesus in this world. Why? Because Isaiah 61 tells us what? 60 tells us what? That dark, uh, thick darkness covers everyone everywhere. Darkness in the, in the Bible most often refers to evil, you see? And so what he's saying is that it's time, church, to arise and shine because there is a lot of darkness in our world. And it is so clear that darkness has increased and evil has greatly increased in our world. And there's never been a time in our history of this nation where God's light is needed more. And so that's exciting where God is saying, hey, it's time. When you see darkness, you know, don't be sad, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, but it's, it's my call that you got to arise and you got to shine. And throughout the year, I have felt God's strong calling and, and God's, I just, as I read it and I read the scriptures, it is clear that we're living in a time which Paul describes in Romans 1. And the crazy thing about it is in my lifetime, you know, I've been reading this passage for, for a while now, you know, for decades, actually. And I never thought that I'd be living in such a time. But I was wrong. And listen to Paul's words in Romans 1. Romans 1.19 says, And the people, talking about just the people in the world, they know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created... People have seen the earth, people have seen the sky, you know, that through everything God has made, they can, see, they can see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And especially here in Hawaii, we look around the beauty of God's creation. And, and, and what Paul is saying is that they know the truth because they see it before their very eyes. When they look around them, it is no question that, that, that it wasn't a random happening that created this world. That there was a creator behind all of this. And they're saying that they could see clearly God's invisible qualities, his, his eternal power and divine nature. And then he goes on in verse 21. He says, yes, they knew God. And here's the part where we live now. It says, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worship idols to be made, uh, made to look like mere men, uh, people and birds and animals and reptiles. And, and what you see here is Although they knew the truth, what people have done, as what Paul is saying, is that they wouldn't worship him, right? They wouldn't give him thanks. That they began to come up with their own ideas about who this God was, you know? And I, and I was thinking about it, and over the last 10, 20 years, you know, it's gotten more and more where... People are sharing and people are declaring 
who they think God is. And when you look at what people are saying and who God is, and what the Bible is saying about who God is, then you look and it says, sure enough, that they begun to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't be like that because God wouldn't be like that. You know, he's a God of love. He's a God of this. He's a God of that. God, no way God would do that. God wouldn't be behind this. Of course God would want this. And that's what Paul is talking about. They began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They became utter fools. And, and what happens is, is it's like we, we're living in a time in which the truth is not necessarily the truth. The truth is really what you want the truth to be, you know? Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's becoming more and more apparent. And the crazy thing is, is that more and more people don't know what the Bible is saying. And so more and more, we're making up here in the United States especially, we're making up our own ideas about who this God is and what this God should be. And that's scary to me. And that's sad to me. And then, you know, it talks about how God abandoned us and abandoned them as they began to make these ideas, began to be foolish, stop worshiping him. And I look at all this, and it's a sobering description of the world we live in. You know, and unless God's light, and I shared this at our vision service, I said, unless God's light shines bright, it's going to get worse. It's going to get much worse. And, 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 you know, what I was sharing, it was just really on my heart, and there was an urgency in my heart back in January. I said, you know, friends, there is so much darkness around us. Honestly, it can be very overwhelming to me, right? It's like I look around, and it's like, man, this is a mess, you know? But if we choose to follow God and answer his call for us, it really is, all right, an exciting time to live. It's an exciting time to be alive. You know, John White, who was like a spiritual father to some of us pastors in the missionary church, and, you know, John White has since gone home to be with the Lord, and he wrote books, and um, he was just this great, great, great man. And um, we've learned so much, and in a lot of ways, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people like John White in my life. And once John said we were talking about the, the, the way things are, and John, John, John was not an optimist. He wasn't a pessimist. He was a realist. And this is what he said. He said, when the darkness gets darker, he said, Mark, you know, just understand that when the darkness gets darker, God's light, the light shines even brighter. That a little light, just a little, little light, defeats a whole bunch of darkness. And isn't that true? That you're in a room and it's just pitch black dark, right? And you just light a match. And that little match, right, it, it defeats the darkness in that room. Just that little match. And that's what he was saying, that, that the light shines even brighter. In other words, that in the midst of much darkness and evil, we can make a huge difference. And God is calling us out. And what he's saying is, people of KCF, arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. 
And then the nations are going to come to the light. And kings are going to come into the light. And, and what Jesus said in John 8, he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And Jesus said he came to pierce the darkness. And when we talk about that light and arising and shining the light, that's the light we shine. It isn't our light. It isn't my light. It's the light of Jesus, that he's the hope of the world. Right? And that's his mission. He came to pierce the darkness. And so our job, our responsibility is to rise, to get up from where we are, and also let Jesus' light shine through us. That's what he's saying to us, that it's time to arise and it's time to shine. That's God's call, that he's called us to bless the world, to shine his light and his love to everyone in a dark world. You see, what in times like today, what Christians are so tempted to do, they're, they're either going to react, right? And they're going to... They're going to react and they're going to maybe say things, they're going to do things that maybe, you know, for some people, maybe that's not necessarily what Jesus would really want us to do. Other Christians will just hide in a corner and say, you know what, the world is so dark, we're just leaving the world. You know, and we're just going to huddle in and we're going to close the doors of our church and we're going to ask people when they come in, hey, you believe in Jesus? And hey, you love the word and all this? If you do, then, you know, come on in. And we're going to escape the world. And I'll tell you what, it's really tempting. It's tempting to do those things. You know, it's tempting to, to get so discouraged about where the world is at that you want to leave. Or you just get mad. But like a good friend of mine says, it doesn't matter. The, 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 the devil doesn't care which side of the horse you fall off on as long as you fall off the horse. You know? And the Lord is saying to us, Back in January, hey, don't fall off here. You know what? Shine. Get up and shine my light in this world. That's what you created. That's what I've called you as a church. That's what I called you as a people. It's time to arise and it's time to shine because Jesus is the light of the world. You know? And then the third thing that I talked about on that Sunday in January was that God has called us to walk in the plan that he's given us. That we've got to rise, we've got to shine, and you know what? We've got to keep walking. We've got to walk in the plan that he's given us. And Ephesians 5 verse 14 says, For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, and again, again, Awake, old sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as the unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. And what we need to do is we need to arise and we need to begin to shine God's, God's love and his light. And what that means is we have to take steps, intentional steps, to walk in God's plan for us. You know, we, gotta, we, can't, we can't do this. We've got to keep walking. And after much prayer, God has directed us as a church back in January to make some, some big changes in the way we organize and do things in our church. And for those of you who have come after January, maybe this will help. Like, what is this church? How does this church work? And I want to tell you, if you, you, you're, you know, you're here since January, or even if you're here before, um, this is a year of transition. And 
we're taking steps. I don't know exactly, exactly where we're going. I know the next two, three steps. And we keep asking the Lord to, to, share, us, uh, to share with us uh, his plan for our church. And, you know, he does, It'll, whether it be through a book, whether it be as we really settle in in prayer, God uses people. One of the people that God used was Chris Shinnick. You know, he was here, a good friend of ours, was on our staff at Walnut Gardens Missionary Church. And uh, I miss Chris. <laughs> you know, just every time I, I see people just um, kind of like cruising and dilly-dallying around, I, I just say, hustle makes it happen, right? Because that was... You know, that's Christian. Christian is, hey, hustle makes it happen. Come on, let's go. Hustle makes it happen. You know? And, uh, but what he said was, hey, Mark, there's this book. And there's this guy in, in Seattle that um, we've been in contact with. And we've been uh, talking to him. And our senior pastor has been talking to him. His name is Dave Browning from Christ the King Church. And so, you know, he directed me to this book. And when I read the book, I thought, you know, so much of what this guy's writing is what we believe. In fact, some of the vocabulary he uses is like, I thought, man, he must have come to our church and decided to write a book, you know? And except that he did it way, 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 way better than we did, you know? But so all these things, so we've been looking and praying and seeking God. And all the the end of last year, we began to to pray and to make adjustments. And and the next, this, this, this last adjustment that we're making is that we're filtering everything in our church through what we have called the three B's, okay? And you'll hear more about it. We haven't really talked about it that much because we want to kind of get it a little bit more solid, but we talked about it in January, these three B's. And the three B's simply are steps that a person takes to find Jesus, invite them into his life, and then grows as his disciples. Because one of the things that the Lord showed me, that church is not this organization, and church is not to be this, this, I don't know, this is club meeting, but, but church really is about movement. And we've got to continue to move. We've got to encourage our people to keep moving, to keep arising and shining and walking God's plan. You know? And the way we do this is that, that we've got to encourage people that there's another step. Because it's really easy to say, well, I come to church on Sundays, you know, I kind of put something in the offering plate, and, and I, I, I go to a small group when I can, and I'm involved in a ministry, so that's it. I'm a Christian now, and I can just relax. And it's easy to think of it as, as a checklist rather than steps and movement that will continue from now until we go home to the Lord, unless Jesus comes back. And so we looked at these three Bs, and the first B we talked about was belong. That's the first step. Is the first step a person takes in becoming a follower of Christ is a step to belong. It's a step that a person takes to make contact with and get introduced to God's family, the church. And the person, you know, hasn't accepted the Lord yet as their Savior. Um, but it's, it's beginning to learn about who God is. It's a step where they feel the love and acceptance uh, by the family of God. And as a church, you know, what we've done is we said we've got to do a better job to help people gain a sense of belonging. We have to help people take that step to belong. People outside the church got to take that step. And we've been really, really weak at this. You know, we've been focusing on the inside. We, you know, we, and we look at the outside and we do service projects. We do the, but we're not been intentional about inviting people to come and get a sense of belonging. And so that was the first step. And so we've been intentional about it. 
Pastor Max, that's his whole area. I said, Max, that's what you're called to do. If you do that, you stay. If we don't do that, then you're fired. You know, I mean, we just said it simply like, no, we didn't say that. Max is not really in France. He's not go- no, I'm just kidding. He, he's coming back. He is. He is. He is. Yeah, I've been in contact with Christian. No, 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 no. Anyway, but here's the thing, all right? So Max is in charge. And for the last six months, we're beginning to put things in place. We're not going to jump right in, but we have to take steps. The Alpha course that we talked about at Easter and has, that has just finished is an example of that. This eight-week course where people gain a sense of belonging. They learn about God. They learn about the church. They have all these questions. They can bring any question they have, and they come to this course. And it's a safe environment that you can come with all your questions. You see? And that's, what we, that's the first step for us. So everything we do as a church, the first thing is belong, right? Helping people take that first step to belong. And the second step is a step to believe. Okay, that's the second step, where a person opens up their heart to God and really takes that and makes that all-important decision to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. It's a step when people go from knowing about God to knowing God intimately and personally, you know, the God who came to save them. And in this step, you know, people also take a step to publicly declare their private and personal decision of accepting Jesus by getting baptized, you know. And, and that's why, you know, we celebrate baptism because that's an important step. And we've been working on our worship services because when we look at the step to believe for right now, the area that we're going to look at, because you know, there's so much things we can do, but what are we going to do? Well, we're going to help people to belong. In the belief step, that's the focus of our worship services. We're, we're trying to, to adjust our worship services so people come here, maybe with a sense of belonging. They kind of come and they begin to come. They kind of learn about God. And here at our worship services, we're trying to provide this environment, this safe, loving, wonderful environment where people can make a decision to accept Jesus as their Savior, you know? And so we're going to share how they can do that, and we'll give people opportunities here, because that's an important step. You go from belong, and then you go to believe. And, and we've planned more baptisms, um, you know, than we have in any other year. You know, we have another baptism, at least one more baptism coming up uh, in the fall. And we're looking for ways in which to better help people open their hearts and believe in, in Jesus as their Savior. That's kind of the focus of our worship services, is to help people to believe. So that people go from belonging to believing. And then the last step, the next big step, is a step where people grow in their relationship with the Lord, which is to become, to become the person that God created them to be. See, that's the become step, is where after you accept Jesus, that we want everyone to discover and to become the person that God has created them to be. Because Ephesians tells us that God created us. You know, even, and, and his plan was even before we were born, he created us for good works. He had his master plan just for you before you were born. And, our, and part of our responsibility as a church is to help you become all that God, God wants you uh, to be. And so the focus of, of this, this step to become is, is our small groups, that we're going to filter everything we do to help people to become 
all that God wants into through us small groups. And so more and more as the year goes by that we want people to engage in a small group. And that's why, you know, I want to encourage you to join or start a small group that's coming up next week, you know, when we do our financial fitness series. And, you know, it's just, you know, we have a DVD and you stick that in and study guys and you follow through. And it's a great time when you can not do church together, you do life together, you know. And so we're going to be, we are going to be really promoting small groups more and more in the future. My goal, my goal is to see more people in small groups than are here on Sunday mornings, you see. Because I think small groups are a great place where people can gain a sense of belonging and they can believe and they can become. And then we all gather here together to celebrate, you know. But, but that's what um, we're going to do. And so if, you know, you want to start a group or you want to join a small group, you know, this coming series of financial fitness, come see me afterwards, all right. Um, we might have, we're going to have sign-ups there on the table out there next week. So come here next week, and you can sign up for these small groups. So, you know, if you're thinking, Man, I want to start a small group, come see me. It can put you on the list and, and all that stuff. But that's really important. And we talked about how we need to belong, believe, and become. And we've got to help people. That's what we mean by going out we make disciples. We do that by helping people to belong and believe, and then become all that God wants them to be. And then the last thing that we talked about in January was that as we arise and shine and walk in God's plan, that the Lord will arise upon us. You see, that's the encouragement. You arise, you shine the light of Jesus, you walk in His plans, you know, and then as you do, that God's going to be there. That God's going to be there. And as we have ventured forth in God's leading, it's been this great year of transition. There's been a lot of changes. There's been a lot of challenges. And God's been really teaching us how to walk by faith and not by what we see. And even in the last six months, we have seen God arise upon us. That as we've been taking steps to help people to, you know, um, belong and believe and become, and we've taken major steps to arise, shine, and walk in God's plan, we've actually seen God begin to do some wonderful things. Some exciting things. And in the area of like to belong, what we've seen is because this has been a really weak area for us as we've become more intentional in that. And Pastor Max was doing a great job that this past Easter really was the largest Easter that we've ever had. That for the first time in a long time, we've had, we had more guests at our Easter service than we had regular attenders. And what that was was more and more of you invited people to our Easter service. That you said, you know, I'm going to rise and shine, and I'm going to invite people. That's what you all did. And it was the largest we ever had. We held our first Alpha course, and, you know, there were like 10 people that were involved in that and praying with Max. And, well, what are we praying for? I said, well, I would like at least 20 people, like 10 guests to come. So we had like 20 people coming. That would be great. Well, at the end of that course, you know, 30 people, 20 guests had showed up. In fact, three of them got baptized, you know. And so we look, and it was just so, so exciting to me. And more and more, I see people inviting people to join us for worship services. You know, that's a way. You say, come, and, and you're inviting people to take a step to belong. And we're seeing some great things, and it's just the beginning. The best is yet to come. As we take steps, just little steps, God is meeting us where we are. We've seen God's faithfulness 
as we've sought to help people take that step to believe. You know, in our worship services, as we um, make some changes and all that, uh, we've been looking and almost 40 people accepted the Lord as their Savior this past year so far. I mean, in the first six months of this year, or less than six months of this year, about 40 people have accepted Jesus as their Savior. That has never happened in our church before, you know, that we've never seen that. We've had two baptisms. We have at least one more planned. We've never had three baptisms in a year before. You know, 13 adults were baptized so far this year. But we've never had three baptisms, ever. And, and God is, is arising and his light is shining upon us. He's arising upon us. We're seeing God do stuff as we take steps of faith. And it's been so encouraging. In the become step, we've also seen God's faithfulness. There have been more people who have been a part of a small group, you know, it's one time or another uh, this past year than in any other year. In fact, you know, I've been um, hearing people applying the principles. Our first series in January was the Daniel plan, and people looked at how they could get healthier living, exercise, the way they ate and all that. And people still talk about that. People still are applying that. We still don't have a can of spam in our pantry because of the Daniel plan, you know? And, and, and believe it or not, okay, and you can ask my daughter, Michelle, because she, she, you think I like bacon, she likes bacon even more. There hasn't been bacon in our, in our freezer, in our refrigerator, since the Daniel plan. Not even turkey, I mean, you know, but you know, really, turkey bacon is not bacon, right? I mean, that's like, that's baloney, right? I mean, it's like, don't put turkey bacon and make me think it's, no, it's not. It's just a totally different food group, turkey bacon. Give me gravy and stuffing and I'll eat it there. Easy, but with eggs and stuff, that's not bacon. Bacon, something else. But we haven't had. Ask Michelle; she'll tell. We haven't had bacon yet. And when you on Sunday, Saturday mornings, when you smell the neighbors cooking up bacon, it's like <laughs> you know you're gonna die young. No, I don't say that. But you see, but 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 people are growing, and, and they're taking steps. And I hear more and more people are growing in their love for God and for each other like never before. You know, that they are taking these steps. You know, there are stories that I'm hearing. And then something for you to mark on your calendar is that uh, we have this great series and campaign coming out called Shape that starts in August. And in, in our services, we're going to be talking about how God created you with a specific and, a, and a exciting and personal shape. And God has designed you to do more than you think you can do. And so in our services, and we're going to have small groups set aside for this, that you're going to discover your spiritual gifts and how God created you. You're going to look at your talents and all the things, the way God wired you. And he's going to look and you're going to find out, this is who I am. These are the, I actually got a spiritual gift. It's celibacy. No, I mean, whatever it is, you know, it's a, it's a great spiritual gift, you see. And you got these gifts, you know. And, and then we're going to have like a ministry fair for the last three weeks. going to be in the hallway, which, you know, that's going to give you an opportunity to, to sign up for various ministries, to serve according to your shape, all right? So, you know, love kids, love, you know, arts and crafts, you know, whatever. Children's ministry is for you, you know. Hate kids, you don't, don't have none, don't like them. You don't sign up for children's ministry. Right? But it's going to be great that, that you're going to have an opportunity to, to walk in God's plan for you 
according to your gifts and your talents. So that's going to be a great thing that's coming up in August. Man, I can just hardly wait for that. But that's an opportunity that we see that God's hand is on that one as we take steps to help people to become, to become the person that God's created them to be. And as I look back on this past, you know, five months or so since our vision service, you know, it's been exciting that, that it's been rewarding. And make no mistake, because God doesn't make mistakes, that you're here for a reason and a purpose. Because God doesn't make, God brought you here. And he's calling all of us to rise and shine. And as we do, God's promise to us that he's going to be there. And we've already gotten a taste of that. As a church and as individuals, we've gotten a taste of it. We have seen great and mighty things that God will do. And nations and kings shall come and seek out Jesus. But we have to continue to arise and shine. And we have to continue to walk in the plan that God has called us to walk. And the encouragement that God has given us is that as we move forward from here, it's going to get challenging, you know? It's going to get very challenging for us as a church as we move forward. Never before in the history of our nation that was founded on God and his principles, that never before has there been so much antagonism and hate toward the church. Never before has the church been so maligned in the United States. It is, it is a, I, I, with my own eyes, I've seen how things have changed. That never before has the truth been exchanged for lies. And, and the thing is this, that what is happening in our nation, and it's not something that is happening right now, it's not something that is happening just from Friday, it does, it's, it's more than that. It's something that has been happening for a long time. As Ray Soul said, something that's happening all his adult life as he's been, been a Christian, and I agree. This isn't about love, this isn't about equality or inclusiveness or whatever you want to hear. This is about a spiritual force. A spiritual force who is alive and well. And it's about a spiritual force that is deceiving so many of us. That the spiritual force at work and the goal is clear. The spiritual force is our enemy, the devil. And the goal and his purpose is clear. At least it's clear to me what his goal is, his overall goal. Our enemy, the devil, is out to destroy this nation that was established by God. That he's out to destroy this nation that was established by God by removing God from our country. That's what this battle is all about. Okay? So don't get caught up in all the different issues. Look at the picture and look at Romans 1. And see what is happening. That as we continue as a nation to exchange the truth for lies, it's not people. You know, it's not people that our battle is against. Because there is an enemy whose goal is to take God out of our country. Because his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy us. And I don't care what anybody says about we're living in a better America today because we're not. It's a lot worse. Not because of recent issues. No. Because of the enemy 
who's here to take God out of it because when God leaves, the enemy wins. You see? Well, this happened for years. Right here at McKinley High School, they had a code of honor for the students. And in this code of honor was a reference to God. And one student and one family came in and got that removed. Much to the chagrin of thousands and thousands and thousands of students who sought to live up to that honor. To live up to God's truth. My mom was a McKinley grad. She was there with that code of honor for students. Back in, you know, in that. <laughs> right? But it's gone. That's what the enemy is doing. And he's out to destroy this nation by exchanging truth for, with lies. And in recent years, he's made greater headway, the enemy has, to the destruction of our nation. And people ask me, okay, but what does that mean? How does that work? And there is no question in my mind that the enemy wants to take God out. And if you have another opinion, come talk to me after. But so much of what we have gone through as a nation is about taking God out of the picture. And the key, one of the key battlefields in which God, in which the enemy is doing this, that one of his goals, and I believe this with all my heart, that the enemy is out to destroy the family unit. That's what he's up That he, if the enemy gets the family, he gets the nation. Whether it be through abortion, whether it be through things like prayer in the school, but even more so, a government which says, parents, we know better than you. And so let us educate your kids. Because some of you all didn't even graduate high school. We can do a much better job. We'll be responsible for your kids. See? And as obedient parents go, okay, here you go. And the enemy is out to destroy the family. See? And he gets the family, he gets the nation. And so when I look at this, that's what I see going on. And there is no question in my mind, and I exhort you not to be fooled either. Understand what is going on, and then you know what? We do what God called us to do. We arise, we shine. And we walk in God's plan. You know, and we love people into the kingdom of God. Because no matter how you might look at the way, you know, whether it be financial reasons, social reasons, other issues come on, this could be the church's finest hour. Because when darkness increases, light, light shines even greater. This can be the church's finest hour. And you and I were born for such a time as this. We could have been born in any other time in history, but God said, I am calling this group of people to lead the charge. If they would arise and shine, we can see God do amazing things. You see? But we got to arise, and we've got to shine, and we've got to walk in God's plan. And how do we know what God's plan is? This book. The Bible. We lose the Bible, we lose the war. Okay? This is where truth is. 
This is where we get our marching orders. And we got to rise, we got to shine, and we need each other. I need you. You need us. We need each other. And God's promise and Jesus' promise to us is that no matter what, the gates of hell, they're not going to prevail against us. In Matthew 16, 13, Jesus went into this district. He asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And he said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, whatever. Then Jesus says in verse 15, but who, my disciples, who do you say that I am? And in verse 16, Simon Peter replies, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then he says this in verse 18, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And Jesus asked Peter and his disciples, in light of all that was going on, all the good things, all the negative things, all the tough things, he asked them that most important question, who do you say I am? You know? And if you go around in our city today, who is Jesus? You'll get a whole bunch of answers like, like they gave. And that's an important question. Who do you say I am? To which Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You are who you said you are. We believe you. We receive you. We will arise and we will shine and we'll walk in your plans no matter what. And Jesus said, upon that truth, I can build my church. And if you would do what I say, and if you would arise, you would shine, you would walk. The gates of hell is not going to prevail. It's not going to prevail. See, that's God's encouragement to all of us here at KCF. There are going to be challenges. It's not always going to be easy. But as we continue to arise and shine and walk in God's call and go out and love people into the kingdom, no matter um, you know, what we face, making disciples of all people, and we will go ahead and do that. We will never stop doing that as a church. We are going to go. We are going to rise and shine. And if I got to do this myself, and that's all there is, that's what we're going to do. We're going to rise and shine, and we're going to walk. And God will arise upon us, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And I'll tell you what, in the end, God wins. God wins. That's who wins. Why don't you stand? This is a really important year for us as a church. The question is, are we going to rise and we're going to shine? The answer is yes, we will. The other question is, you're going to join us. I really hope and sure hope that you would. Because God got amazing things he wants us to experience. That he wants to use you and I in great and mighty ways. And it's not out of hate, but it's out of love. 
I don't want our Hawaii. I don't want our nation to exchange the truth for lies. I want us to experience everything that God has for us. I want all of us. I want every person on this island, in this nation, to experience everything that God has for them. And I don't want to see people get deceived. I don't want to see people led down the wrong path. That I want, I want us to experience. I want to experience what God is talking about. That his light and God himself will arise upon us and nations and kings will come looking for that light. Now, what a great day that's going to be. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us not to react. Help us not to give up. Help us to focus on what we've always focused on. Your call. Your truth. Help us to keep doing what we've been doing, God. In a greater, more deliberate, more intentional way. That we would go out and we would help people belong and get this sense of acceptance and love. That they would come along, they would come and they would feel safe enough to begin to learn more about who you are. And that we would be a church that would help people find you and that they would take that step to believe in you. That their lives change when they accept you, Jesus, as their Savior. And help us to be a church that just helps everybody grow in becoming everything that God wants them to be. Father, that's the church that you've called us to be. And that's the church that we're going to be. But we need your help. And so, Father, I pray that would you give us the power, that will you arise upon us, that we would accomplish everything you have for us, that everything we do is for your glory. And so we thank you, Lord. We thank you that in the end, you win. So we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless. You want prayer, uh, come up. You want more information about the financial fitness, um, you can come up. But if you um, want to sign up for a small group next week on the table out there, there'll be that as some small group guides. But it'll be a great series on getting better handle on your money that we start next week. All right, God bless.